0: Here in week three of this series which is called Up Close and Personal as you can see on the slide and we're talking about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus, what it means to just try to work at that, try to grow in that, try to be a better person overall and to be more like him. Uh, so far we've talked about gone fishing and, and what it means to, about going to the fishing hole and what it means to uh, to be a disciple what what Jesus did how how uh, he went to Peter and, and called him first, and then Peter said yes, and then Peter admitted that he had sinned, and then Peter uh, changed his life, and just what that looks like, and how that's how we do it. All it takes is giving your heart to him. We talked about what it means to live like him, and and to help other people, to... Uh, show other people the fact that we are part of our why is to be an example for other people, part of our why is to go to heaven, part of our why is just because it's the best way to live. This week, we're going to talk about what it looks like and what it feels like to work on this to be like Jesus. And so, uh, it's I get a lot of questions about one of the things I get the most questions about from teens and adults is is this a sin? Or if I do this, can I be a Christian? Or so and so and so and so. And a lot of times, and I'm like everybody in the church, like from, from I don't know, the, the from bishop to general superintendent all the way down to, to somebody that just came for the first time, uh, sometimes we try to put a checklist on things so that it's really easier. And so if we have Uh, a list that says, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, then boom, we can be a Christian, we don't have to worry anymore, and we want people to make it way easier for us. Uh, However, it's more about what you are, and more about how you treat other people, and more about how you live. And so I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 12. Uh, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. This is called the Beatitudes. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who have been persecut- who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Uh, there are a couple things that you can notice right away if you read this, if you listen to this, if you study it. Uh, number one, it talks about God blessing. And basically that's him saying, yes, you know, you've heard like you'll be blessed if you do this or hashtag blessed life, whatever it is you've heard it in. Um, but it also means that he is supporting this. He is saying this is what you do, like how you will bless a union or you will bless someone's relationship or you will bless someone's life choice or whatever. And he's like, they're saying God blesses those who do this in every possible way, and it's basically telling us what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, what it looks like to have a relationship with him, what it looks like to be a Christian, to be a good person, to be someone who makes a difference. And each of these, the other thing that you can notice, another thing that you can notice is if you were to make a list of what it takes to be considered a success in the world, like uh, a lot of money, CEO, politician, whatever you consider success, uh, famous athlete, anything, most of these are flipped on their head. Most of these are the opposite, where it says, like, uh, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. Most of the world relies more on, well, if you're rich, then I care what you say. And you'll see a lot of people on TV uh, or on Instagram or on TikTok or on FaceChat or whatever else. And that was on purpose. But anything, anything, you will see people who they're only... Uh, Really, the only reason they have followers, the only reason that they're influencers, the only reason they're doing this is because they have a lot of money. And so then they get a lot of money for having it, and then they have more money, and then et cetera, et cetera. Um, And I'm not saying that anything's wrong with them or with having money, period. But what I'm saying is that is the value sometimes. So it's like, wow, this person, they have a lot of money, and they're listening to me. And so the world kind of values that um, because we all kind of want money. But this says, well, God blesses those who are poor. That doesn't mean that in order to be blessed by God or in order to be a Christian, in order to be a good person, you have to be poor. It doesn't mean that. It means that your your life doesn't revolve around money. Again, it doesn't mean you don't want money. It doesn't mean you don't have money. It means that you realize your need for him. You realize that there is more out there. You realize that money is a byproduct of your life, not the sole focus of your life. Um, There's an old saying, and it's like money is the root of all evil, and that's also from the Bible, but that is not something that, that's something that we, get, we throw around a lot. But the reason that it's the root of all evil, it's not that money is evil, because it's not money's just a thing. It's the root of all evil, because people will step on other people to get to it, or people will hurt other people to, to get to it, or people will steal it from other people, and so it becomes everything they care about. And so the first one here, and there's a reason Jesus said this first, is the first thing is you have to realize that there is more to life than money. Um, there is more to life than just getting things. And again, it's okay to have things. It's okay to have money. It's okay to, to do your best, to be successful, to do all those things. That's awesome. But to realize that you're doing it because you want to, and because you want to live a better life, because you want to serve Jesus, because you want to be a good example, because you want to use the money to help people, whatever else. But you realize that you need more than just money. And it goes on and it says how he blesses those who mourn. And again, that's something that is upside down because we usually try, the world usually tries to rush mourning. Um, I just, my sister actually just posted something today. She recently lost one of her dogs, uh, Bacon. And it was sad. I had a kind of good relationship with Bacon. Uh, He was very anxious and and weird and not nearly as smart as Stevie, but he was a sweet dog. And uh, plus, Amber would sometimes post, my sister's name is Amber. She would sometimes post, like, ah, oh, Bacon is outside and won't come in. I'll be like, I have that same trouble with pancakes and scrambled eggs and things like that. So it was fun. <laughs> anyway, she was very devastated and very sad. And it, it hurt because Bacon is a member of her family. And she loves him. And he is family to her. And, and I completely understand that, believe me. Uh, and she just was talking to me about how, and we were talking about how grief is not a straight line. And this is something that everybody should kind of grasp with. Uh, grief is not a straight line. Sometimes you'll, you know, you'll grieve right away. You lose someone, you lose something, you lose out on something. The, you've realized that the Reds are the worst team in the history of baseball. Something, and you're grieving it. You're grieving it. The truth hurts sometimes. Grieving it. You're grieving it. And so like that first day, you're just crying, you're sad. And then, you know, as the week goes, maybe you feel a little bit better. And so like a couple weeks later, you're fine. And you're like, I feel pretty good. But then like three weeks after that, you're grieving again. And you feel awful because grief is not in a straight line. And there's no right amount of time to grieve. Like however long it takes you to grieve, it takes you to grieve. Because you're coming to terms with things. You're learning. You're growing. And so when he says people who mourn, it means people who care enough about other people and other things. People who care enough, who have a heart, that it hurts them. When other people are hurt. Or it hurts them when they lose something. It hurts them when their heart hurts. Uh, You'll find in life a lot of people who want to push through that. Or push you through that. And it's like you've had enough time. Or get back to work. Or stop crying. Or whatever else. And that's because they get uncomfortable with showing their feelings. Or they get uncomfortable with uh, feeling like other people care more than them. Or whatever the reason. But here it says part of living for him is Being able to mourn, being able to admit that you have feelings, being able to admit that that things hurt because things hurt. Um, Mental health has gotten a lot more coverage lately. Like it's gotten, in the last few years, it's gotten a lot less judged, although it's still judged in certain areas and certain places. But people are trying to understand it more overall. Uh, We've still got a long way to go, but there's still a lot of that going. And that helps a little bit with being able to admit that you have feelings, but there's still this this stigma of showing that you care, this stigma uh, of showing that you have feelings, of showing that you're a person, of showing that you have a heart. And it can be really hard. And sometimes that can make you grieve longer. It can make you feel like you have to hide it. It can make you feel like you're wrong for caring so much. And none of that is true. And right here it says it, because again, it's an upside-down thing. And it also says, it doesn't just say he blesses you it says that you will be comforted that means that having people in your life when you admit that you're hurting when you admit that something is wrong when you admit that you need help people will help you because they don't know otherwise and so it's good to be honest about your feelings it's good to to, you know share that I'm not saying that tomorrow when you go to school or the next day whenever school is or if you're done with school when you go to work whatever I'm not saying that you go in and you just stand up in front of the class you're like let me tell you everything that made me sad this week I'm going to say don't do that But the people that care about you, your friends, people that are there for you, trust them to listen because they will, because that's why they're there. And also, that opens the door for other people to feel like they can share with you. Um, I've talked a lot about my personal struggle with depression and anxiety and things like that. And I'm never going to get to a point where I'm like, I'm so glad that I'm hamstrung around adults and that I feel so less than and I'm sad all the time and that I hate myself. That's so awesome. God, thank you so much for, for making me like this. I'm not going to say that. But the amount of times I've been able to use my experiences and my understanding to help other people makes it worth it. Because I'm willing to talk about it. and I'm willing to share it. And it's an embarrassing thing. And I'm a- I've absolutely had people in churches before say, you can't do that. And you shouldn't talk about that. Because it's still something that not everybody understands. But when you do, when you are willing to show that things care, that you care about things, about people, that helps everyone, including yourself. And so as you look through this, it's not a checklist. I don't want you to take the Beatitudes and be like, okay, so I just have to do each of these things this week. I have to give away some money, and then I have to cry, and then I have to get made fun of. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this shows you, this shows you that, it's being a Christian is not about well, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do this, and blah, blah, blah. It's about showing who you are and showing how Jesus changes you and showing that love and that peace and that understanding and going forward like that. And just to continue going through it, it talks about being humble. Again, that's another thing that is very different in the world because sometimes uh, you're asked in like a job interview or an interview, if you're an athlete or something, where it's like, hey, how did this go? And you're supposed to say, well, I'm the greatest person in the world, and that's why I deserve this job, and that can be very hard. And I'm not saying you should never talk about yourself in a positive way, although that's impossible for me to do. But I'm saying that being humble means that you realize that you are not better than anyone else, just as no one else is better than you. Just as you're not worse than anyone else, and no one else is worse than you. That doesn't mean that people don't make better decisions or worse decisions. It doesn't mean that you don't make better decisions or worse decisions. It means that the value of everybody is the same. And so we all should be humble with that. Again, it doesn't mean you shouldn't talk about your accomplishments, because that's okay. Uh, If you are able to uh, slap Chris Rock, if you're able to uh, win a gold medal, if you're able to be the only referee that that can see, if you're able to do anything successfully, that's awesome. If you, you do something, it's fine to talk about it. Being humble does not mean you never tell people that you're a success. It doesn't mean that you get a, an award and then you throw it away. It means that you understand that that just means that you did your best. It does not mean that you're suddenly worth more than everyone else. Just like if you lose out on an award, it doesn't mean that that person is worth more than you. Because we're valued for so much more than that. We're valued for our hearts. We're valued for who we are. And absolutely, I'm a huge uh, a proponent of doing your best and winning because winning is awesome. I know that in Cincinnati that's not something you understand, but winning is awesome. Winning is—you can blame Jenna for this. No, I'm just showing you. Winning is awesome. Winning is awesome. But being a, a good person, showing people that you care. Understanding that you still have value regardless is what we're talking about here. Being humble, being understanding, being a better person. All of these boil down to that. How you live, how you treat other people. Um, Looking for justice. I've I've seen a conversation recently about uh, the death penalty, and that's a tricky issue, and I'm not going to get into it, or my personal views or anything. I know that Rob is just waiting for me to go on a political (laughs) soapbox, but I'm not going to do that. But the way that I saw it talked about was not from a perspective of, do you think this is right or wrong? It was a perspective of, man, I wish I could do it myself, and I wish I could get revenge, and it wasn't about justice. And see, with Jesus, it's about justice. Uh, And later on, God says, I'll get revenge myself. You just worry about justice and worry about doing what's right. Uh, One of the hardest things that will ever happen to you, and hopefully it doesn't, but it probably will because that's life, One of the hardest things that will ever happen to you is if something happens to you or someone you love, and then there's no justice for it. Whether it's something simple like uh, somebody steps on their toe and doesn't apologize, or something more complex like a robbery or worse or whatever, and, and that sucks. And I'm not saying that you should, again, be happy, be like, that's awesome, there is no justice. But it means that you have to pay attention to how you are reacting to things in the news or how you're reacting to things that people say. Are you hoping for justice or you're hoping for vengeance? Are you hoping for people to hurt? Are you hoping for people to feel what you feel? Because those things aren't right. Justice is something very different. Um, I've talked about this before, but there are three words that get thrown around a lot in Christian atmosphere, and justice is one of them. It's when you get what you deserve. It's when someone gets what they deserve. Um, If Tara steals my car, and I don't know why she would, but if Tara steals my car and then gets pulled over and she gets caught and she has like three of Rob's puppies in there and she's just running away to Canada for some reason and she gets caught and she gets pulled back and I get the car back and she goes to jail, that's justice. That's what she deserves in that situation. I shouldn't be like, oh, I'm so glad she just ruined her life. But I can be like, okay, well, justice was served and I hope that she's okay, etc. Now, mercy is where you don't get what you deserve. So that would be where I walk out while she's trying to, start to steal the car, and you know I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Just give me the car back and go, and no, nothing happens. And this is that's a good thing. That's how we should react most of the time, uh, and, and that's mercy. And then grace. Grace is what we have from Jesus. Grace is if she gets caught and I go there and I'm like, you can have the car. Now that seems insane, because. I don't have enough money to just give away cars, or I would. I'd also pay my college loans, but (laughs) uh, that's grace. And that's what we get from God, and that's why he's talking about justice, because we have that freedom due to grace, due to the fact that we all have made bad decisions at one time or another. We all have been a jerk. We all have woken up on the wrong side of the bed and treated somebody like garbage, and yet we can be forgiven and still live for that. And that doesn't just apply to us. It applies to literally everybody. Because Jesus didn't die on the cross for just the people in this room or just the people who accepted him. He died on the cross for everyone. Now, they have to choose him, yes. But grace means that we all have that same chance, which means that we should be understanding of that when something else happens. Again, it does not mean that you don't report crimes. It does not mean that you don't hope that people get what they deserve. It means that you don't make that your entire life's goal and that you worry and you build it into hatred and you build it into anger and you build it into revenge. Because living like him means living like him. Sometimes people get so caught up in specifics and in the checklist that they forget that the primary way Jesus lived was in helping other people, in loving other people, in being honest and caring and true to other people. He never hid his faith, but he also never beat people to death with the Bible. Like, he he, he never... would say, oh, you know what? Uh, You're you're lying to me and that's okay. But he also wouldn't shame them publicly. Like he was loving and he was kind and he was good. And he said, be like me. And that's what it means to be like him. And that goes on to talk about mercy, which I already did. And those whose hearts are pure. That's such a difficult concept because everyone here has obviously made a mistake at some point or made a bad decision at some point. That just means that your intent is pure. You're doing your best. It means that when you do mess up, you ask for forgiveness and you apologize and you try to make it better and you move on. Uh, it means that you allow other people to do the same. I, saw, I heard somebody say, and I wish I could remember who it was, but they were talking about forgiveness and how hard it is and how hard it is to apologize. And they used this example of they had done something really bad. And, and like it was, they were working so hard to figure it out, and they were messing with it and dealing with it. And they finally went to the person, and they were just like, I hope that you will give me just an ounce of forgiveness, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know the person did. And, and they're like, now remember that the next time. Remember that with someone else. Remember that when somebody comes to you. And we've talked about the parable where the servant didn't do that, where he was forgiven of his debt, and then he turned around and threw the other guy in jail. It's always going to be easier to understand more about what you go through and what your friends go through, what your family goes through. That doesn't mean that no one else has reasons either. It doesn't mean that no one else has goals or hopes or dreams or problems either. Uh, It means that if you expect forgiveness, you have to give forgiveness. That's what it means to have a pure heart. It means that you're treating other people not just like you want to be treated, but how Jesus would treat them. And that's a really good thing for us to do. Um, Those who work for peace, like I've said before, it's impossible to force peace. Uh, It's impossible in this world, which will never be fully at peace, because there's just a lot of people and a lot of things going on and all kinds of things that are going to happen all the time. Uh, This doesn't mean that you are going to be able to succeed on a worldwide level. This means that in your life, you're trying your best to seek peace. It means that in your relationships, you're trying to have peace there. It means that with your your family, you're trying to have peace there. It does not mean that it will always happen. It means that you're doing your best to not be the one that doesn't do it. You're doing your best to be the one that's the example. You're doing your best. And that's not always going to work because sometimes people will be jerks. But it means that you are able to say, I did my best and I tried. And sometimes you have to walk away from relationships and friends and things. And that happens and it hurts and it sucks, but... You did your best, and you were the one, and maybe you did make mistakes still, but you were the one that apologized, or you were the one that tried, you were the one that had hope, that had peace. And that's what it's saying here. And then it goes to being persecuted for doing what's right. Uh, That sucks. And some of you may have already had that, sometimes you will. Uh, And some, you know, it's never going to be quite like it was back in this day when Jesus was saying it, where literally, like people that would do the right thing would sometimes be killed or thrown into a lion pit, things like that. But you might lose some friends. You might lose some friends for not wanting to go to the party. Or you might lose some friends for not joining in and making fun of somebody. You might lose some friends for standing up for what you believe in. You might lose some friends for just being nice. And it sounds crazy, but you might. Because when we do the right thing, uh, people that know that it's the right thing sometimes will be hurt by that. Because it's like, well, I didn't do it, so they think they're better than me. I'm walking away and I hate them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And and that hurts, and I'm not going to tell you that it's not going to hurt. And so you will at times be persecuted for doing what's right. You will at times be made fun of. You will at times be hurt, and it sucks. Um, I have in my life had people cut me out of their life uh, for basically nothing, and it sucks. But we have to keep trying and keep going and then not do that to other people and just do our best because we're blessed in that way that we are able to to face some of the same things Jesus did. Uh, Eleven of the twelve disciples, obviously not Judas, um, they were killed for, after the new twelve, they were killed for just being Christian. Sometimes it was for preaching in public, sometimes it was just for being known that they served with Jesus, but they were killed for it. Now I'm not saying you should be like, oh man, I hope that I die. You don't have to do that. But it means that when we are sometimes, sometimes when we are made fun of for doing what's right, that's kind of showing us that we're doing what's right. Again, it doesn't mean you should be happy that you're being made fun of, that you're being persecuted, but it means that you're not alone in that. And that while you have this relationship with Jesus, while you have other Christian friends, while you have other people that care, you understand that you're not alone in that. And so you help them through it just as they help you through it. Last paragraph. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Uh, be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets are persecuted in the same way. This does not mean literally throw a party when you're made fun of and when people lie about you and people spread rumors. It says be happy inside. Be very glad inside. Know that you are on the right path. Know that you are doing your best. You can still be sad and you can still grieve and you can still be hurt because you're gonna. But it says that even when everyone else seems to be against you, God is for you. And People that love you, people that care about you, people that share your values, they are also for you. And so share that with them. And then when they go through this, you know, share that with them. Because regardless of your faith, regardless of your religion, regardless of whatever else, there are always going to be people that don't want other people to do the right thing. It's just true. And again, it's sometimes because of how they are. Sometimes it's just because they're in a bad mood. Sometimes it's because they disagree, whatever. But you can only do your best. That's what all of this boils down to. Each day you wake up and you do your best. You do your best to be like Jesus. You do your best to love other people. You do your best to be caring. You do your best to be generous, to be merciful, to be kind, to to be hopeful, to seek peace. You do your best. You are 100% going to fail sometimes. And it happens, but you give yourself grace in those moments, and then you give other people grace in their moments, and you just keep doing your best. Be different. Like I said at the beginning, a lot of people always ask me, can I do this? Should I do this? What if I don't do this? Etc. Etc. It boils down to doing your best to be different. Uh, be different than the world in the terms of you are trying to do what's right, not just what's easy. You are trying to do what's the best, not just what makes you the most money or whatever. Do your best to be different than the world and to be like Jesus. And it's going to look different for each of you, but it all boils down to the heart thing. It all boils down to doing your best to treat other people like you want to be treated. It all boils down to loving God and loving others. That's why I say that so often. It boils down to doing your best each day, and then when you mess up, doing your best to overcome that and to move past that and to help other people in that same way. And that's all I got.